which God had written the Ten Commandments. This was God's covenant with God's people. It also contained manna from the desert to remind them that God would provide for them at all times. The ark was built of the finest materials that were available and made by skilled craftsmen among the people. They carried the ark along with them as they wandered in the desert, moving from place to place. Based on God's instruction, there was a tent in which this was to be housed as the people wandered. And from their understanding, that holy container is where God took up residence. That's where God lived, they, they understood. Hundreds of years later, under the rule of King David, the nation of Israel was no longer a wandering people. And yet the Ark of the Covenant was still kept in a tent. And David's desire as king was to change all that. He wanted to build a temple, a permanent structure that would house not only the Ark and other artifacts, but would be a place of sacrifice for the people to gather and fulfill their religious responsibilities. David had already built a palace, and so this seemed to him to be the right thing. But as you heard from our reading, God said, no. It would not be David's work to build the temple. That would become the work of his son, Solomon. Now, there might have been a lot of reasons for that. David's kingship, while really successful and popular, was riddled with violence and sin within his own household. David loved God, and he was beloved by God, even in spite of all the mistakes he had made. And yet, the work of building the temple was not his Perhaps King David was tempted to think that if he built that temple, that God would never leave it. That perhaps it would bring some sense of permanence if it was stone and cedar and mortar, rather than simply trusting that God would be with them. Where does God reside? Our other reading that Tony read for us is that beautiful poetry from the Gospel of John. God, who had existed for all of time, became flesh and made God's home among us. If that's not a mystery, I don't know what is. Did you know that in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, there is a Greek word that is theotokos? Theotokos. You can say that. Theotokos. Now, when I said that word to Greg, he said, does that mean God taco? No, it does not. <laughs> Theotokos. It is the way that people of that tradition refer to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and it means God-bearer. God-bearer. That the divine person of Jesus Christ came into the world as a baby, and that for a time resided in the woman, resided in the womb of a human woman. There's an ancient hymn dedicated to Mary that says, and I love this, he who the entire universe could not contain, 
many kids have sailed airplanes off that balcony into the pews below? It's something they've done under my watch, I confess it. God's presence here is not contained in these objects, but within the loving spirits of the people who have shared their gifts. There are so many stories in this church, so many people who have felt God's presence in their lives while they spent time here. Think how many tears have been shed in this church by those who mourn. Think of how much singing has been done here over the years. So much study and prayer and growth. When we focus our minds here together and our hearts on holy things, it is as if our prayer, our song, our work together, our care of each other, we can almost imagine it creating an architecture in which God dwells. But not, he is not contained. He dwells here, but is not contained. When David's son Solomon became king, he wondered, is there any place on earth that can contain God? And does God really need a house on earth? What King David needed to learn, and what Nicodemus needed to learn, and what we need to learn, is that God's home is with people. In the words of Charles Spurgeon, all places are places of worship to a Christian. God is wherever we call upon God whether it's our messy, noisy homes or our backyards, this very sanctuary. We are God's home. When we come together to grow and to serve this community and to worship and to celebrate together, to sing and to grieve and to bear one another's burdens, to raise up children and to love one another better and better with each passing day. Is where God resides. In a very real way, our communities, we are all called to become theocopies, God bearers for the sake of others. That's why we build churches. That's why we come here together. So that we can come here together and invite God to dwell among us and show us how to love and to serve. All right, you people in this congregation, look around you again. Do you see God's presence here with you today? Do you see God alive in the works of this community, in the worship and the song that we participate in? What mostly do you see God in the presence of one another? There was a pastor named Aiden Kozer who said, you can see God from anywhere if your mind is set to love. That, I believe, is true. God is truly in this place and dwelling among us. Let us always look for God among us and become God-bearers for one another. Amen? Amen. Shall we sing again? Take my life and let it be. It is hymn number 399. You may stand and sing. 